So here's the question. How do active people in the Atlanta area stay pain-free and live the active, fulfilled life that they deserve at any age? This is the question, and this podcast is the answer. I'm Danny Matei, and welcome to the Active Atlanta podcast. The Active Atlanta podcast is sponsored by Athletes Potential. At Athletes Potential, we help active adults stay that way, pain-free and active doing the sports and activities that they love for life. We do this by working on four different areas. That's movement, nutrition, stress management, and sleep. When we optimize these four areas, you feel better, you move better, and you live better for life. Head to athletespotential.com to learn how we can help you stay active for life today. What is up, Atlanta, and welcome back to the Active Atlanta Podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Sore, and today, y'all, I'm super pumped up. We have one of our amazing providers on the podcast with us. We have Dr. Crystal Fannin. Um, she's our pelvic health specialist, our yoga uh, expert. Our, our uh, She's really a Swiss army knife for our practice, guys. She treats both orthopedic, pelvic health. We're going to take a deep dive into like how that's so related and why it's important to have a strong foundation in both. Um, we're going to talk a little bit about who she is and why she became a PT guys. Um, she's a true gym for our practice and I can't wait for you guys to get to know her on a little bit of a deeper level. So uh, without further ado, Crystal, welcome back to the podcast. Thank you. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, how was your day in the clinic? You had a, how's uh how are patients today? I honestly treated, I had a four client day and all of them were people who I exactly want to be working with. So it was Amazing. great. Yeah. <laughs> what does that mean for you? Who, who are your people that you like to work with? So I work with everyone. And as a pelvic health PT, um, I'm basically specializing in everything from the rib cage down to the bottom of the pelvis. And guess what? All of that connects to every other limb in our body. So it's, yeah. it's a little bit of everything. Um, but I enjoy working with women, especially if they are in the pregnancy uh, postpartum realm of life, if they are in the perimenopause, menopause realm of life. Um, and I also have a handful of men on my schedule who are experiencing groin pain, are recovering from hernias and sports hernias, which is like an adductor um, presentation and uh, back pain. So oh. that's what I like to see. And that's what that's I saw amazing. today. Yeah. Oh, man. And I'll tell you what, too, it makes so much sense. Like, I feel like um, I'm super thankful that one, we have someone like you that's coming into that, that came into AP. Um, and then uh, but I'm also just like really thankful that the field of pelvic health PT is growing the way it is too. Um, mm -hmm. You know, it's, it's a very, uh, yeah, it's, it's, I feel like in the land of PT, we've always known how important the core is, right? Like it dates back to probably like the beginning of physical therapy, like talking about the importance of the core. But then we have this big mystery box that is the pelvic floor that just never really gets talked about. Um, and you know, it's really interesting too, because like you've taken a ton of time to um, take the appropriate coursework to um, uh, burgeon your knowledge of the pelvic floor, because it's just not, at least when we were in school, it definitely wasn't anything that was um, a high top, a high, um, area of, uh, discussion. He glossed right? over it. Yeah. It's like, a, yeah, exactly. It was just like, and you get this set of muscles right here. And that's about as, as about as far as we went with it. Right. Um, but yeah, so like what, how do you become like one, what made you interested in, in pursuing pelvic floor PT and 
Like what does what does that even mean if you're going to go and work with somebody who treats the pelvic floor? Like how's that different from uh, from your standard orthopedic physical therapist? So I did not go to school thinking I was going to be a pelvic health physical therapist. However, I did know that I wanted to be a physical therapist since I was really young, like yeah. ten, but then more seriously in high school, and then that's what started my track to do all of uh, the coursework for it. Um, as a former collegiate athlete, I was very interested in working with sports and orthopedics, which I still am today. Um, but as I progressed in my career, I have grown, um, more interested in pelvic health for not only myself as a woman, but I feel like I can be a really awesome advocate for not only women, but other people, no matter what you identify as. Um, and I had a lot of clients who had those issues. And uh, I think every uh, orthopedic physical therapist treats the low back or has in their lifetime. And to be able to explore um, other reasons for low back pain, including dysfunctions around the pelvic floor has been very eye-opening and it's very helpful in people's recovery and treatment. Um, so honestly, I um, the job that I had before I came on at AP, they had lost their uh, pelvic health PT. And they asked me if I could do it. And I'm like, you know what, I can totally do this. I was nervous at first, because um, it includes like internal evaluations, even on the provider front, when you're learning how to do it. Um, yeah. But then when you're with everyone, and you're learning everything, the only thing I could focus on was how many people I could help with the knowledge that I'm gaining. And it was an amazing experience. And um, I'm still continuing my coursework uh, and I'm learning. I'm a sponge every day since uh, I've been at AP. So uh, yeah. I'm just learning so much as I go, um, but I'm able to apply that to my current clients. Um, so that's how I got into it. There are some people who go to PT school and they're like, this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to be yeah. a pelvic health PT. Um, but I think it uh, benefited me to do ortho and sports and work with a whole slew of people with different conditions before and now adding this on it is true i do feel like a swiss army a swiss army knife you know for yeah. that yeah. um and so in a pelvic health setting um just depends on where you go because some practices lean different ways um and it might depend on if you're in an in network versus out of network setting but at least with us um depending on what you're coming in with, we might start with just talking about your pelvic floor and assessing your pelvic floor muscles, either externally or internally, depending on what someone's comfortable with. Mm -hmm. um, oftentimes, you know, people who come in and they're like, I pee myself when I run, or I'm having a lot of pain with sex, or I can't even insert a tampon. I can't have gynecological exams. I am peeing when I'm doing my CrossFit workouts. Those are the people who are begging to have an internal evaluation because they're like, nobody has evaluated me there. Totally. Or if you were uh, postpartum and uh, let's say you're like six weeks or three months or three years out and still no one has evaluated there except for your regular OBGYN checks, mm -hmm. um, that would be my uh, where I step in. And I'm actually evaluating those tissues, not just for what they do locally, but how they relate to the whole body uh, as a global unit. Um, so sometimes the first session, that's exactly what we're doing. Sometimes yeah. the first session, if someone comes in, they just have 
low back pain, groin pain, lots of adductor work. We start from the outside and usually we get to the inside part. So we work from outside in Yeah. Uh, either way, either we start inside out or outside in. Yep. Well, yeah. I'm assuming that's like a, you know, outside of like maybe dry needling, which doesn't even come close, I guess. But like, that's like by far the most invasive thing that, or most invasive style, I would say treatment of um, physical therapy that we've got, right? Like, um, thank goodness we, we do. <laughs> for sure. Yeah. Yeah. And I think like, um, and it can be kind of a strange concept, at least, at least it used to be, I think it's becoming a lot more common to be like, Oh no, like this is even for guys. Like, um, I think one of the biggest areas that like I've learned the most about since you've come on is like how prevalent hernias are I had no idea. Yeah. Um, but it makes a lot of sense, man. It's a pressure valve and a lot of like men and women, especially dudes walking around with like super tight, high stress, like, um, that pressure has to go somewhere. Right. So um, a lot of times it's going to result in a hernia. Um, and and it's, and a lot of guys just deal with it too, which is interesting. Um, so yeah, I think that there's, uh, a lot of opportunity for progression in this field. I love that you bring that sport and orthopedic mindset to it as well, because it's, it's a lot like, um, it's a lot like somebody that just goes to, like, I actually really appreciated my clinical experiences because, um, I was very strictly, I was like, no, 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 I'm just an ortho guy, <laughs> right? Like I'm just an ortho PT. When, uh, when I was going through PT school, um, couldn't really, I did what I needed to, to get through like pediatrics PT, right. Or I did what I needed mm-hmm. to, to get through like the lymphedemia courses or whatever. Right. But, um, what was super impactful for my career is like when I had to go off and do a rotation at like, uh, an inpatient neuro facility, or I had to do a rotation at an acute care facility. I had to do wound care on some of my rotations. I think that those were really insightful, really impactful for, um, my career as an orthopedic PT. Cause it just helps you take the blinders off a little bit. It lets you see things and not such a biased lens. Right. So mm-hmm. when you take somebody like yourself, who's got that, who's got that strong background in sport, uh, sport and orthopedic care, and then you layer on that pelvic, that pelvic health side of your practice, man, it's true. It's truly a recipe that allows you to kind of treat the whole person in a way that's, um, pretty unique to the industry. Um, so like with you, what, what, what did you do in, uh, in the college again? I mean, I know the answer, but tell our audience like what you did. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, so I did track and field, and I was a, a triple jumper, long jumper, and a hurdler, which I did both the short and long distance hurdles. And a four by four, you know, track stars, how that goes. A four oh, by man. four, just throw you in there. <laughs> the worst, man. Yeah. So then, like, uh, I'll tell you what, I'll tell you what's super interesting about that, actually, talking about like youth athletes, or you weren't a youth at that point, you're in college, but like youth athletics and just athletics in general. Um, through some of my research with pelvic health since bringing you on and like learning more about it. Um, especially like, man, my wife, she's pregnant with our second kid right now. And, mm-hmm. um, she are, being able to experience not truly firsthand, secondhand, I guess still, but, uh, to get a little bit more of a personal experience with like what pelvic health p- physical therapy is and how impactful it can be for somebody. Um, that was super cool. But, and then like taking a deeper dive into it. Um, when I, I started learning like how much, um, pelvic health physical therapy can help with adolescent care as well. Um, mm-hmm. like how, um, like constipation is a big issue with adolescents with pelvic health. Um, especially like that can get kind of heavy sometimes, like most times just normal stuff, but sometimes we, there could be like sexual trauma associated with that. So like, right. how, do you feel like, yeah, how hard is it, uh, throughout your day 
Um, or do you find it hard? I guess it'd be more exciting than hard. I don't know. Um, but like, what are the challenges associated with like, say you have somebody come in, I was just looking at your caseload. Uh, you've got somebody who's coming in, who's an elite level runner. Right. Um, and then you're Mm -hmm. having somebody come in who's, um, who had like some, uh, let me see here. Who's your next person has some low back pain. Right. Mm -hmm. Uh, then you had another person that was pretty strictly pelvic health disorders. Won't go into it, but like to be able to switch from an orthopedic sport mindset to that very next patient being able to work with, um, somebody that might have some sexual trauma, right. Or have pain with sex, not even trauma, just pain with sex or, um, and then the hybrid of like leaking when, when running, right. Like that's a, that's a lot of like different avenues you have to take your brain into, or do you feel like it's all kind of connected? So I believe that's where the uniqueness and strengths of mine come through. Um, as I transitioned out of being a collegiate athlete and then through college, I was a, um, personal trainer, a, a group exercise, uh, fitness instructor. Um, so I love teaching movement and, and doing that, but then I kind of moved after physical therapy school to teaching yoga. I don't do, I don't, except for coaching CST in the mornings. Yeah. I am just now teaching and leading yoga classes and um, my yoga practice, my yoga teaching is what I really lean on for not only my sessions, but also just for me, myself. So, um, that's a really great point you bring up, um, all of the different avenues and energies, let's call it that come into a a room in a treatment session. Um, I feel like I can move through different energy levels very easily and I can match people's energy very well. Um, And the only reason why I can do that is because I regulate myself or I try to, I'm not saying that I am an A plus student and I get all the gold stars, but, um, I practice, I try to practice what I teach. And also I teach what I'm the worst at. So I teach breathing techniques, meditation techniques. Um, I do that by actually listening to different body scan meditations or, you know, for myself to regulate when I'm not not at work so that I can bring that into my sessions. I can bring that into my yoga sessions that I actually teach. And then when I have someone who um, it's go time and it's time to actually get a little bit more strength, a little bit more power under somebody's legs, well, then we'll just move right to it. But I believe I can really uh, find that spectrum pretty easily and match people's energy that way. Mm -hmm. Um, so I, I think that's, that's where the rubber meets the road there. Um, and I would say 70% of the clients I'm seeing with pelvic floor dysfunction, especially with our population are on the more overactive side of their muscles. Their muscles Mm -hmm. are overactive, which means they're tense. So that means they're not doing a lot of down regulating a lot of relaxation. I hate to say the word relaxation because people like us, I identify as that person don't like to relax. We have a really hard time with it. So, um, that's why it's just really important because a lot of them don't know how to make their tissues, um, not be so active. Yeah, man, that's so true. And that's definitely something that I for sure have an issue with like, uh, Mm -hmm. and I think you bring up a good point of like practicing what you preach or just like, um, working on what you're the worst at with your clients, like you as a person is, is worse at, uh, cause the best way to kind of like give yourself those constant cues or reminders are, are through coaching or through teaching. Um, so like, and we hadn't even had the opportunity to touch yet on your yoga. So I'm so glad you brought that up because 
that is such an important um, or impactful, I should say, um, such an impactful vertical to what you have to offer. Because uh, there's this at AP, we focus a ton on breath work, especially as it comes when it comes to like low back pain. It's pretty incredible the connection between your diaphragm and your spine, right? Mm-hmm. So uh, the ability to relax, the ability to take those, uh, and not just relax, but the ability to take the appropriate breaths, which is kind of a weird concept, right? I remember mm-hmm. like when I first uh, first started taking a deep dive into in in the breath work, it's through this company, it's through this uh, program called PRI, right? Like Postural Restoration Institute, I think is what it stands mm-hmm. for. Um Man, those guys are so, that company is some uh, like breathwork gurus, right? You got them. You've also got Brian McKenzie. Man, some of the work I did with Brian McKenzie like blew my mind, right? Mm-hmm. Um, same thing with PRI. But um, I remember looking at the at this diagram. I remember looking at like the anatomy chart that they put up, and they pointed out the connection of the diaphragm onto the lumbar spine. I was like, oh my gosh, that's so true. Just another thing that just gets glossed over, right? And then I remember mm-hmm. my first time helping a patient out with breathwork, and I reduce their back pain to almost nothing by just doing breath work. I was like, mm-hmm. holy cow, this is, <laughs> this is, uh, this is amazing. This is something that is truly, um, it's so quick, right? It can make such a quick impact. And not only are you going to help somebody with back pain, but you're typically going to help them. You're typically going to help them out with some stress management, some sleep. Um, it's been, it's, it's really interesting to grow in your skill set. I think as like from helping people get out of pain to helping people improve their life. Like that is such a, they can go hand in hand sometimes, but oftentimes it's 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 an elevated skill set. It's it's almost like elementary sometimes to be able to just like to break a pain cycle on someone for a little while, right? Like it's not yeah. that hard to get somebody out of pain, but to truly make a difference in their life and to truly make them a more resilient human or to make them a more uh, healthy human, like those are tough things to do. Those are habitually those are habitual uh, patterns that we're trying to break, right? Like those are. Um, those are elevated like levels of um, intensity that we're working with, right? Like we're looking at training, we're looking at training habits, sleeping habits, stress management, nutrition, all these things that we know um, can impact your overall health. And if somebody, obviously if they need a little bit, like if, if someone needs a full-blown nutrition plan, like that's not us, but we know uh, plenty of people we refer to um, as well as uh, we know what some red flags look like, right? Like mm-hmm. I'll never forget when I had somebody come in who had, um, he was talking to me about some like low back pain. We started talking about nutrition and found out this dude was like chronically under eating, right? Just yeah. chronically in a caloric deficit. And um, this is a dude that does, uh, he's an endurance athlete, like a legitimate endurance athlete and was eating like 1500 calories a day. I'm like, brother, you are drastically under where you need to be. But he was afraid to put on weight because he's also a cyclist, right? And so like, I kind of get it, but like, cause there is a performance aspect that people are paying attention to, but there's smarter ways to go about it. And that's somebody that I can refer out to the appropriate sports, uh, sports dietitian, right? Um, and I'm sure you see that like, man, that's just my example. Do you ever see that impact? Like, uh, how does like, uh, like when you go over like sleep or nutrition or stress management, how does all that kind of play? Cause obviously movement, that's what we do, right? We're docs of PT. That's our bread and butter is a movement category. Mm-hmm. Um, but like, do those other co- kind of pillars of healthcare come up with pelvic health and like, do you have any, do you have any examples of how you would address it? Yeah, I have plenty. I think, um, PTs are amazing referral machines, but, yeah. um, pelvic health PTs are even more, if, if not more so than just regular docs of PT. Um, so Referrals um, include chiropractic, um, especially in the pregnancy postpartum world. I've 
my respect has grown immensely for the world of chiropractic care um, because they know way more about the nervous system than I can go into. But if it is going to help someone have a healthy pregnancy and a healthy baby and um, a a healthy postpartum journey, then let's do it. Mm -hmm. Um, I have referrals for acupuncture. I have referrals for uh, sex therapists, um, mental therapists that, uh, work on anxiety, um, uh, nutritionists and therapists that work on the whole under eating or overeating aspect, functional yeah. nurse practitioners who help with hormonal balance, um, period regulation, uh, menstrual cycles, cycle sinking, uh, menopause, perimenopause, um, and OBGYNs, um, also doulas are big in what I do with the pregnancy and prenatal care. Um, so I work alongside people who do that. Mm-hmm. Um, I could just keep going, but yeah. um, it just it just depends. <laughs> yeah. What do you see like uh, if somebody has like so if somebody has a hard time with like uh, say you're working with somebody you find out that they're under eating a little bit right like. Um, how that impacts their, and say it's like, uh, I don't know, uh, let's just go leaking while doing box jumps. Right. Um, and then like, as you dive into their plan of care, obviously there's layers to everything. I would love to get into like what that initial eval kind of looks like, but, um, what would like, say you find something that's under eating, what would be something that you would see with that person or what would kind of cue you in to start talking about nutrition a little bit with a person like that? If they were to come in and have the same nagging pain um, or things are not improving over a period of time, and I'm expecting results in their pain in a, a, a minimum of three to four weeks. And if we're not doing it and they are compliant with their care, that's when I want to look at their nutritional um, habits and their supplementation um, just to see what that looks like. Yeah, for sure. Um, uh, so if they're, you know, not making gains, um, they're still having that pain, um, or things are getting worse, um, especially, um, I'm thinking of my postpartum moms, they're at a very high risk of under eating, um, mm. especially right after having that baby. And so when they, For sure. uh, let's take a prototype of a, a mom who wants to get back into running like 12 weeks postpartum, but they're not sleeping, they're not, you know, eating enough, um, that is setting them up for uh, what's called red S relative energy deficiency in sport. That's what that stands for. Um, it used to be called the female athlete triad, Mm. but as Mm -hmm. a provider, that's something that I'm, I'm looking for. And that's, you know, menstrual, uh, disruptions, um, you know, other mental health components, which obviously is big in that, um, uh, world of postpartum depression, um, and then things like that. So that's how I can get cued into that. Now, uh, nutritionally, uh, let's say someone's, uh, leaking with a box squat. Mm-hmm. Um, that usually is from a pressure management situation, which, okay. If you're also under eating, uh, that means you're probably not able to get enough hypertrophy or strength in your muscles, including, uh, the endurance or power that you need in your pelvic floor to hold in the pressure of your intra abdominal pressure to box water to do what you're doing. Mm-hmm. Um, so some of that comes down to that. Um, we kind of come overcome leaking with high pressure situations by working on coordination, making sure if somebody is 
overactive in their pelvic floor that they lengthen um, and things go on. But that's nutritionally how that comes into it. And then just to bring up nutrition from the standpoint of hydration, if mm. people are experiencing um, urge incontinence, so urge incontinence is when you lose urine, you leak um, because you have a really strong urge or like you're on your way to the bathroom and you're leaking, you're in the middle of a run and like, Oh, okay, there's my urine. Um, or if you put the key in the door and you have like this trigger and you lose urine, um, or if you're someone who goes to the bathroom 15 times a day, you go two to three times in an hour before you walk out the door, because you're just in case peeing, mm -hmm. that is you're training your bladder to not fill all the way. Yeah. So nutritionally hydration wise, I'm telling these people to like drink water and gulp it. Don't sip it all day long and make sure you're drinking enough. Also, if you're not drinking enough water or I've yeah. had someone drink too much water, I actually had to tell her to cut back because she was going all the time because she was overfilling her yeah. body. Yeah, <laughs> and yeah. She didn't need to, she was drinking like two times the amount of water she needed to for her activity level and what she was doing. She, she, you know, I've never had to do that, but <laughs> I had to in one case. Yeah. Um, but typically if you're under hydrating, that means your bladder is, um, or excuse me, the contents in your bladder are very concentrated. So things like uh, coffee, alcohol, seltzer, seltzer water. I love seltzer water, um, mm, chocolate, yeah. uh, red sauce, citric acid, like lemons, limes, oranges. If we have a lot of those bladder irritating things in our bladder, with very little liquid, very little dilution, your bladder literally mm -hmm. squeezes and is like irritated. And it's like, get this out, get this out, get this out. So what do you do? You go to the bathroom all day. Yeah. So nutritionally, I'm coaching people like, just cut some of these out or let's dilute that concentrated urine and you need to drink more water. And then everyone's like, well, I'm afraid to drink water. So yeah. when you work with me, we actually do things like a bladder diary and um, after your first session, you'll fill out three days and we're actually step-by-step step working on filling your bladder properly, getting the right uh, communication to your brain about when your bladder is actually full, not half full. And it's just neurological at that point. Um, a second reason that I'm talking about nutrition with people is for bowel movements. Um, mm. So again, if you're actually having difficulty holding your stool in for the same reason you're having difficulty holding urine in. Um, that could be due to your stool consistency, as well as um, having difficulty activating the muscles or holding the sphincters close around the anal canal and the urethra where the urine comes out. Mm -hmm. But um, working on your stool consistency will actually help prevent fecal incontinence or leaking stool. So mm -hmm. I suggest fiber or um, you can literally look up anywhere about how magnesium can help um, either create more, um, cr can create your stool. Like if you're on the constipated side, it could actually help you eliminate. Or yeah. if uh, you are on the looser side to take in more fiber or hydration. So there are certain tools that I use to help recommend to people. And every single one, even if it's just one thing I need them to change, it's always leading them to progress um, yeah. with their physical things around their pelvic floor, around their pelvis, around their body that we're also trying to work towards.
Yeah, man, what a unique provider to be able to work with too, right? That's got the background in um, like movement mechanics are our bread is your bread and butter, right? Like that's you got your doctorate degree in movement science, right? Like that's a that's such a incredible value right there. But then to be able to like kind of tie that in with like, well, like nutritionally, here's what we can work on too. Like obviously, mm-hmm. if it's like something significant or something that's like outside of your wheelhouse, that like uh, um, you know, to we're not so proud that like it's actually. There's actually a high level of pride that comes with the uh, the security to be able to um, refer out when appropriate, and we pride yeah. ourselves on that. So, like, but what a cool person to be able to work with, and just to, like having their corner to be like, hey, uh, you know, like maybe they came in because they're postpartum, right? Um, and they're trying to get back in the running, but then like throughout that process, they uh, struggle with constipation or watery stools, or um, when they get back into like impact related activities, like now they're really struggling with like um, maybe not necessarily leaking, but a ton of pressure, right? Like. Um, but also in the meantime, like maybe their mechanics have changed too. Their stride mechanics have changed. Like mm-hmm. they can get all that assistance from one person. And I think that's incredible. Or like, I think what's really cool too, is like, um, got a team of people, right? Like, uh, mm-hmm. like that you can, that you can lean on as a provider that our patients can lean on. Like, um, I love nothing more than when somebody comes to me or when one of my patients start talking to me about like, um, how like health dysfunction is what it can, ends up t- turning into. Like, I may not know the the exact information to give them. I know the right questions to ask and what to look out mm-hmm. for now since having you on. So like we can then send them to you and then vice versa. And it just creates this really awesome atmosphere where like a person can get taken care of in a very like holistic approach. Um, and we can talk yeah. about nutrition. We, and I think that's so interesting about the hydration, by the way, because I guarantee you it makes it's kind of it's like very counterproductive, right? Like you would never think like. Oh, I pee too much. I need to. I need to drink more water, right? Like mm-hmm. that's, everyone that's, eats and drinks less when that happens, which makes a cascade of issues. <laughs> oh, I bet it's like a vicious cycle. But when you're explaining it, it makes a ton of sense, right? It's like, oh, well, like all these like high irritants in our bladder are now super concentrated, and it's just going to create more more irritation, or our bladder is going to it's going to have like incomplete emptying or whatever uh, you, mm-hmm. uh, that leads to in your world, right? So like. Um, that's amazing. That's something that like, I, you know, I learned something today. I think that that's, uh, I would have never have thought if you would give me a multiple choice question, I would have never have thought <laughs> to uh, um, give people more water if they were having an issue with like freq- yeah. uh, frequency, you go into the bathroom. Um, so that's really cool. So if somebody wanted to come and work with you and they're, but they're mm-hmm. curious about pelvic health, maybe they're nervous about it, right? Like that's a very vulnerable position to be in, or it can be perceived mm-hmm. as being very vulnerable. Um, I think first and foremost, like I'm, I don't want to speak for you by any means, but working with a professional like yourself, like while this is incredibly new and raw and vulnerable to that provider, I'm sure it's, or it's nothing new to you. This is what you do on a daily basis. So, um, what would be, uh, what's kind of like that initial eval, like when they come in and work with you, what do you kind of do with them? Yeah. Um, and I always tell everyone just out of like comfort that everything that they've been through or they're about to go through, I've been through myself. Mm-hmm. And I treat this area like no different than it's like the elbow or the low back. Like to me, it is all the same. And based off of, you know, back to what I said earlier, I'm just so happy that I get to help people in this area that not a lot of people want to specialize in. Um, right. Although I, the pelvic health PTs in the world are growing. Um, we can, we can never have too many. So yeah. um but on that initial evaluation, again, it could either go one of two ways, um, depending on what somebody's coming in with. Uh, and I usually say, um, you know, would it be a home run if we really focused on this internal piece and addressed like your concerns with what's going on at your pelvic floor? 
I get a lot of people um, and women who are very curious how their pelvic floor works. They're like, am I doing it right? Am I, is this a Kegel? Am I doing it? And so honestly, I'm just there to be feedback. Um, and it's very effective because, um, if, I mean, if you feel comfortable and at times I do encourage this for people to feel what their pelvic floor is doing either externally or internally, because you need to connect to that part of your body. And if it is not coordinated, how else are we going to get that connection? And sometimes having someone like myself, um, being there and saying, Nope, that's not correct. Let's try it this way. Or no, you're doing it. This is exactly what I want you to do. Let's repeat this a lot right now together so that you keep practicing this for home. And then I'll see you next time. And we'll build on that from there. So that's what, um, like how an internal session would go, or, you know, if somebody's like, you know, I, my back's really my issue. Um, I'll do like an ortho exam. And then as things come up, you know, we kind of work outside in. So it's, I always ask preference. Um, and nobody has to do anything. Um, but I guarantee everyone that I've seen, no one has said no to an internal exam ever. Um, maybe if they're on their period, but PSA, like you can be on your period and also do internal stuff, but like girls and women know, like it just sometimes like, please don't touch me. Um, but yeah, yeah, I, yeah. I was on my period when I went to my first Terman and Wallace course and I was like, Oh gosh, but yeah. I got over it because we all did it. So it's, and then it yep. made it less weird because it shouldn't be this weird, honestly. Yeah. So, um, but every, everyone it, who though. does like this is because it yeah. doesn't have to be weird. It's, it's still like a vulnerable situation. I get it. Right. Totally. Totally. Yeah. And if you want to reschedule, that's fine. But just know that I'm open to it because nothing is off the table with me. Um, but everyone who's done an internal exam has, it was like, wow, that wasn't that bad. Or I'm so glad yeah. we did that. Um, yeah. so it is different because no other providers are doing it. Also be ready to do an internal exam, which you can imagine you're laying on your back. Um, and, and it's kind of like what you think of at an OBGYN appointment. Um, that's usually how we start, but we don't live our lives on our back. We are standing. And if you are leaking, when you are standing, when you are running, when you're doing a box squat, we need to do a pelvic floor assessment and standing. So you, I've seen many times like people ace the test on the table and we stand up and it's completely gone. Yep. Then we do it in standing. Why? Because I'm your feedback and I'm yep. letting you know when you're doing it correctly. Are you doing it right? Are you doing it right? Let's keep going. You got it. Go home, practice, come back. Yeah. Oh man, that makes so much sense. That's like if somebody comes in and says that they have knee pain when they squat, but only if they hit above a, if they only when they're like over 85% of their one rep max, right? Like if all we do is have them air squat or a barbell or hit, hit it with an empty barbell, like we're not getting to the root cause of an issue. We need to get heavy with that load. We need to make the load appropriate for the response that we're looking for um, or when we're noticing yeah. symptoms. So that makes so much sense to do it, to do an internal exam uh, and standing versus uh, supine or laying on your back. Um, if that's what is an appropriate course of action, if that's what is uh, when they notice most of their symptoms, which I would assume is, is typically the case, but um, that's amazing. And then I'll also mention for uh, prenatal visits, um, I'll just kind of explain what that looks like because the, that's more wellness unless someone's already in my care for some ongoing musculoskeletal issues. Yeah. Um, but the first session is typically like going over like your birth map, not so much a plan, but like, this is how 
labor and delivery could go. It could go towards cesarean delivery, could go towards natural or whatever your preference is. You're going to let me know. And we talk all about that. And I'm your support system and education. Usually on the second session, we're doing labor and delivery positions on like how you can move your body to pass your baby down through your pelvis and out. uh, If that's what we're going for. Um, And then between that second and third session, also partners are welcome to come. um, And we go over comfort techniques on how your partner can help relieve um, pain and comfort during those times. But also in those positions, we're doing internal work so that you can connect to your pelvic floor in those labor and delivery positions, which might look like being on your hands and knees, which might look like being in sideline with your leg on a peanut ball or your partner holding your leg if you had an epidural Um, and literally role playing all of those things so that when it's game time, you feel a little bit more comfortable, a little bit more rehearsed in those actions. Yeah. And so that's, it's like practicing before game day. Right. Like yeah. uh, if you just go in on a game day and expect to know what's going on, it's going to be um, you're in for a bumpy ride. Right. Or at least yeah. an interesting one, I should say. Maybe yeah. not necessarily always bumpy, but at least a, an eye opening one. Um, well, Crystal, this has been great. Uh, if somebody wanted to uh, learn more about you or, um, you know, if they wanted to schedule an appointment, um, I guess I could answer that, but I'll let you answer it. What's the best <laughs> way for them to get a hold of you? Yes. So I'm at Athletes Potential Indicator. So you'll want to call Claire or go to our website at athletespotential.com. I also have an Instagram where I post uh, pelvic health and personal health related things at crystalhealing.pt. And then you can also see us at Athletes Potential um, on Instagram. Man, nailed it. Good work. Couldn't have said it better myself. Crystal, this has been uh, an incredible podcast. I've learned something on this podcast. I hope our listeners uh, learned a little bit too. And y'all, it truly, like, uh, I can't speak enough um, about what Crystal brings to the table for your guys' appointments. An hour with her makes your life better. I can promise you that. Um, Crystal, thank you so much for getting on the podcast, and uh, I'll see you soon. Thank you. Hey, thanks so much for listening to the podcast today. If you want to find out more about our guests or about Athletes Potential and how we can help you continue to be active and pain-free in life, head over to athletespotential.com to learn more.